You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we started our own show, Chargers Domination Live, where we've been covering the Chargers over the past six seasons. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, I hope you all really enjoyed the draft weekend. I mean, I know it was exhausting for us, but also exhilarating enough to make us, you know, do an extra show on Saturday. We hope you guys really enjoyed that one. We couldn't wait to talk about those picks. And now we have more picks to talk about on today's show. But before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone who is checking out the show today, especially those for the first time. We really appreciate it. And a special thank you to all of our loyal fans as well. But if you don't already, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast from. That's the easiest way to keep up with our daily schedule, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast. So on today's show, since we talked about days one and two, so rounds one through three on Friday and Saturday's show, on today's show, we're going to get into the rest of those players, and we're going to give a segment to each player. So to wrap up the show today, we're going to get into two more new chargers, and the last segment will be getting into their new offensive tackle, who they took in the fifth round, Brendan Hymas. And then in the second segment, we'll be talking about the chargers adding edge help, with Chris Rump II from Duke. So two exciting players. I mean, two more players where I think the Chargers got decent value, and you can definitely understand, even with the drawbacks of those guys, why the Chargers wanted to attack those positions. And then to start the show today, since we now have all of the picks, we're just going to go through what some of the experts are giving the Chargers as far as draft grades, and then we'll talk about all the positions that they filled and that with the needs that they had going into the draft. And then we'll talk about a couple of positions that they maybe ignored a little bit, and we would have liked them to add some players. So let's go ahead and get into it. The draft is over, guys. The Chargers ended up getting nine picks in the 2021 draft, and a lot of needs were filled in those nine picks. But first, let's just go over them. If you guys listened to the last shows, you'll know in the first round, the Chargers got Rashawn Slater. They ended up on day two getting Asante Samuel Jr. in the second and Josh Palmer and Trey McKitty in the third. And then on day three, the Chargers continued to address needs with the 118th selection in the fourth round. They end up taking Chris Rumpf, the edge defender from Duke. At 159 in the fifth round, they get Brendan Hymas, the offensive tackle slash guard from Nebraska. At 185 in the sixth round, they get Nick Neiman, the linebacker from Iowa. And with the last two picks, at 198, they get Larry Roundtree, the running back from Missouri. And at 241, the seventh round pick, they get Mark Webb, the safety slash DB from Georgia. So the Chargers keep all of their picks. They really attacked a lot of needs. And when you look at what, you know, most draft grades are saying right now, the Chargers are getting pretty rave reviews, David. So, I mean, I'll just go through it. I mean... The Chargers were given A-minuses or better, a lot of A's, from ESPN, Yahoo, Pro Football Focus, NFL.com, The Ringer, USA Today, just to name a few of them. I mean, I think it's easy when you get the first two picks that the Chargers did in Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel Jr., but it is kind of interesting to see them getting such positive reviews. Do you agree with the optimism? 
Do you agree with so many different places, you know, giving the Chargers a really, really good draft grade? I think I do, actually. I mean, looking at, at the whole draft class as a whole, I mean, in the moment, I think there was a couple of picks I just wasn't really too happy about. And more so because I didn't really understand them or really know these guys as players. But Chargers did a great job of addressing their two biggest needs and then getting a lot of depth at other positions that might be covert needs, uh, but uh, also addressing special teams as well. I think they just look at this draft class and all around, I think you see applications with all these guys. Yeah, I mean, they got incredible value in rounds one and two. I mean, neither one of those guys should have dropped to them. The value on picks after that, I think, were up and down. I mean, I think there's an argument for both of the third-round picks to not be truly valuable, right, as far as where they would have been drafted, but with Josh Palmer, less so than Trey McKitty. But even in Trey McKitty's case, right, it seems like they're like, okay, well, we really need a blocking tight end, and you shouldn't really do that in the draft, right? You should just take the best player available, but you understand where they fit in, right? And I think that was But Telesco said he's drafting players, not (laughs) positions. I don't know about that. I mean, when you reach for some of the reaches they did, and I mean, it's all, you know, speculative anyways, right? We don't know where other teams would have selected Josh Palmer or Trey McKitty had the Chargers not taken them. But you're right. I mean, look at the needs or even just the position groups that they improved in this draft class. I mean, we talked about those two guys. You get another outside receiver which is something you didn't have a lot of on the roster right now. Another guy who's going to contribute on special teams. You get your blocking tight end you were looking for. You get the left tackle. You get a corner. You feel like both of those guys should be able to start. And then, you know, you double down on DB later on. You get a guy that, even though he's not, you know, a top pick and Chris Rump on the edge, will help your edge rushers, you know, helps you as far as the overall talent in that edge rushing room, I would definitely say. And you got a lot of guys that could play on special teams as well. I mean, specifically, Nick Neiman and Mark Webb. I mean, both of those guys should be pretty good special teams players just because of their physical traits, being able to tackle, being fast, all of those things. So you're right, Dave. I mean, that's really where they hit a home run in my mind is just you can see a role for all of these players. Yeah, and I don't think that you've been able to say that in the past. I mean, past draft classes, there's just picks like, you know, out of nowhere, like Craig Mager or just like, who is this guy? I mean, I mean, even going back and watching him, you're just like, I'm not really that impressed. I don't really understand the pick. But then you, you look at this draft class, and I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked enough about the top two guys. They're phenomenal for sure. But you go down the list, you look at uh, Josh Palmer, and the more you watch him, the more you like him. Trey McKitty, you understand the pick. I mean, I still think that was a bit of a reach. Uh, Chris Rumpf was a guy I've liked, you know, since I watched him, you know, in the draft process. Brandon Jaimes, another guy who's going to bring some versatility and a guy who's going to be able to play a couple positions on the offensive line and just improve the depth of that position. Nick Neiman, special teams demon. Larry Roundtree, maybe a short short yardage back. Mark Webb's also going to help you. I mean, I think, honestly, looking at this class, Mark Webb's going to be that DB guy that is going to be that project for Brandon Staley. I think he's done really well with late-round picks, you know, with the with the Rams uh, as the defensive coordinator getting a lot uh, out of players that they weren't really expecting to. I think Mark Webb is a potential candidate for that in this class. But overall, I think it's a really, really strong class, and these guys are going to help this team play better on Sundays. And Ronaldo Hill, even, I mean, in their time in Denver with Brandon Saley, I mean, they're pretty good at getting some production, especially out of corners who were kind of thrust into action because of injuries or whatever the case, right? And they got some pretty solid play out of some guys that you'd never heard of. So they're definitely trusting themselves on that one. And we'll get more into Mark Webb and Nick Neiman on tomorrow's show, as well as Larry Roundtree, the third. But 
there were a couple of positions, obviously, that you didn't get to fill. And we knew that too, right? You're not going to be able to fill every position going into the draft. And even though they get Mark Webb at safety, they've talked about him playing a lot of corner too in college and having him play some corner at the NFL level too. They wouldn't really commit to saying he's just a safety. So he's a guy that will be moved around. But I would have liked to see them spend a higher pick on a safety. I mean, Hamza Nazareldine was a guy I really liked. There's I was a couple so mad other about guys. that. I mean, oh, even when man. they got Mark Webb, like, or Darius Washington was a guy that we really liked there, right? So He went undrafted, man. I, I don't understand. Is There's got to be something with the medicals with our Darius Washington as to why he did not get drafted because talent was not the question. Even Nazareldine, I mean, to some extent, like, we didn't think he was going to fall that far at all. I mean, sixth round? Jamar Johnson wow. was another guy that we didn't think would be able to fall that far. I mean, the safeties, I mean, really, really fell in this draft class. I mean, after an early run starting in like the second round, I mean, those guys fell a lot, but I just don't know if I see an, you know, an everyday player right now with a seventh round pick in Mark Webb, and that's nothing against him. And we'll oh, get into no. his full breakdown tomorrow. It's just with how much you've needed your backup safeties over the last few years, whether that's Adrian Phillips filling in, whether that's Rayshon Jenkins filling in. I mean, you've had to make adjustments due to injuries. And right now, I still don't feel great about the depth there. You know, maybe Ben DeLuca, the safety they brought in on the practice squad, and we'll get into practice squad players later on in the week too. Maybe he's a favorite to make the team just because they are so shallow still at that position. And then the interior of the defensive line. I mean, they didn't add anybody really there. Chris Rump is not going to be a guy that you're going to confuse for an interior lineman at his size. So it was not a very good class, not a good deep class on the interior defensive line, but that is obviously another position. You'd like to add some juice to that room just because you haven't really got it with the guys there. Brandon Staley seems confident you're going to see a big jump from that class. So they're pretty happy where, where with where they are there. But outside of that, I mean, a pretty solid overall draft class where, like I said, I mean, you can just see where these guys fit in. You know, Rayshon Slater is going to slide in at left tackle. Asante Samuel Jr. is going to slide in at outside corner, you would think, for the most part. And then even after that, you know, outside receivers when you have mostly slot guys, blocking tight end when you have mostly receiving tight ends. All the picks made sense to some degree. But let's go ahead and get into those picks, and let's get into Chris Rump the second. The Chargers add an edge rusher to give them some juice, but there's obviously some physical limitations there. So we'll get into how we felt about that fourth-round pick at 118 overall coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they are offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text right now, guys, and they'll include a free bottle of the Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you have to do is text a draft to 231-231. That's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. I also have to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I've just gotten into betting online, you know, on sports over the last couple of years. And I mean, there's really just nothing else that kind of brings that juice to games, especially games where you don't have a horse in the race, right? When you're watching two teams that you could care less about. Well, if you have some action on the game, that's going to make it a lot more interesting. And bet online has the fastest and easy is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action as well. That's another one of those things that I love. I mean, if you guys bet on Giri Prohashka over the weekend with that spinning at back elbow, you definitely cashed in on that. But don't sit on the sideline, guys. This is your chance to get in on the game. And right now, we will even give you some free money to bet with. You can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Well, this is our first time to talk about the day three picks today after recording shows on Friday and Saturday, talking about days one and two. We have five more picks to get into, David, and we're going to start here with the edge rusher from Duke, Chris Rumpf II, who has NFL bloodlines. I mean, his dad is coached all over college football, has coached in the NFL as well. Coach's sons was another thing that was a theme to this draft, right? They're definitely going for those high-character guys that Tom Tolesco. Connections, man. Yeah, I mean, the connections, whether it's Cody Shada at Northwestern with Rashawn Slater, whether it's Derek Ansley with Josh Palmer, or, I mean, this guy here. I mean, all of these guys either have connections or come from really good NFL bloodlines in the case of Chris Rump and also with Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, Rashawn Slater's dad's a NBA basketball player, too, like a retired basketball player, so... This is another guy that comes in that mold, and we knew the Chargers needed edge help. So when you looked at Chris Rump, obviously this is a guy you got to watch before the Chargers drafted him, so you were able to get excited about it right in the moment because you had actually seen him, unlike some of the other guys who we've had to watch tape on since then. What yeah. do you think of Chris Rump as a player? Yeah, so I mean, Chris Rump, you got to understand what he's going to bring to the table, all right? I mean, he's six foot three, 244 pounds. But he is going to win with speed. He is very slippery. I think that was one of the first things that I noticed. He has impressive quickness. I mean, he's really good at knifing through the offensive line and kind of causing chaos there. You can see him getting through guards really quickly. He's pretty good at timing the snap in that regard. You know, he just he's going to get through. I mean, he gets to the quarterback too, but sometimes uh, on the on the con side of things, he just doesn't always finish. I mean, he gets there. He just doesn't always get the quarterback to the ground. Also, if he doesn't win with speed, um, although he does keep fighting through the rep, if he doesn't win with speed, he's undersized. So he's going to get blocked out of the way. We saw that pretty consistently, which also means he's a liability against the run, Daniel. But, I mean, for what he is going to come in to do, I think you like the attributes and skills that he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that wins with quickness and speed. And I mean, I think that when you're talking about not being able to finish those plays, I think, it, I mean, a lot of it has to do with he does like get his body really narrow to get through some creases that you can't even really see, right? And he gets there with that quickness, but he's almost always off balance once he gets through. So yeah. I think playing a little bit more controlled is something that's going to help him. And I think the one thing I was surprised about, because he absolutely is a liability in the running game, if they get their hands on him, He's probably going to get washed out of the play. And I mean, there is a place for situational pass rushers. And we keep hearing Brandon Staley is going to put these guys in a position, you know, to have success. So you don't think Brandon Staley is going to be blind to the fact that you don't want him at the point of attack. Right. So right. they're going to try to find different ways to get him some single matchups. He, you know, went in as a stand up rusher a lot of times. I liked what he was able to do there, especially even in the running game when he was standing up. I was surprised that he was able to make a decent amount of plays in the running game, even at that size, right? So if it's happening out there consistently, it's hard to imagine, you know, a lot of success, at least as far as being a physical run defender. But as far as pass rushing goes, yeah, I mean, he goes in there with a plan. He has some pretty nice pass rushing moves. He has the good motor to keep going, even when the first one doesn't land. 
I like a lot of things about him. I mean, the size is an obvious concern, but I definitely get it. And he had, you know, some college production going up against some pretty big dudes. I mean, in his career, uh-huh. he ends up getting 33 tackles for loss. He has 17 and a half sacks, which I think is fourth ever for any Duke player. And then last year in 11 games, he gets eight sacks, 52 tackles. That's a lot of tackles and 11 and a half tackles for loss. So basically, that'll you know, play, Dan. More that than one tackle play. for loss per game is pretty outstanding. But the value, I think, is something that with this pick that we're not questioning as much. I mean, I think. No. especially for how early the run on pass rushers was in this draft. I think at 118, you got decent value there. So that part doesn't bother me at all. It's just how does Brandon Staley get this piece to fit, David? What is the role that we see him playing with this team? Because obviously it's not like someone like Joey Bosa where you're just going to put him out there and you know he'll make it work, whether it's against the run or the pass. They're going to have to do some work to find ways to get this guy on the field and get him into advantageous positions not only to play to his strengths but to cover up some of his weaknesses no question I think Brandon Staley a guy who wants to deploy multiple packages and try to confuse the offense and really try to get them thinking and moving I think that's where you use Chris Rumpf is in those packages and in those NASCAR packages where you're trying to get pressure on the quarterback as as quickly as possible also I think Chris Rumpf is a guy you're going to see on special teams a lot too I mean he does have good quickness and speed so that's going to help uh, in that uh, aspect of things but I mean especially early in his career Daniel I think when he's on the football field more than likely he is going to be pursuing the quarterback yeah I mean I like him as kind of a backside defender too that you know can chase things down I mean He can close in a hurry, right? And I think that's another attractive thing. He is pretty twitchy, has a pretty good get-off as far as his first step. So a lot of things to like about it. Overall, I like the pick. You can understand, you know, even with the Chargers having, you know, three edge rushers they feel good about, I would say. You can never have enough talent there. So I like the pick a lot with Chris Frump. It's not the edge rusher I would have wanted, but I also didn't think that Peyton Turner would go in the first round. So... A lot of unexpected things happened. I think for where they picked him, I thought it was a really solid selection for the Chargers. And I really liked the next selection, too. And we're going to get into Brendan Hymas, who is the offensive tackle for Nebraska, who started 40 straight games for them, adding some depth to the Chargers offensive line. So we're going to get into the fifth round pick coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar in the world. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. I love Built Bar, guys. My biggest thing always with any kind of protein bar is the flavor. And that's what I think sets Built Bars apart from other protein bars. I mean, it's not just the great flavor, the fact that they're all 100% covered in chocolate and easy to chew. It's the fact that they have so many flavors. I mean, they have 18 amazing flavors and counting. They've added a bunch of flavors just since they started sponsoring us, and they've all been pretty good. I mean, every new flavor they've had, I've enjoyed for the most part. So right now, guys, you guys should be having Built Bars. I know my fiance carries them all the time because they're great to eat on the go just because a lot of times you might not be able to find something that's low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber when you're just out and about so built bars are my go-to and all you have to do is go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you can get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right well now it's time to get into another chargers draft pick this time we're going to be talking about brendan hymas the offensive tackle from Nebraska. This was the Chargers' fifth round pick. And as I'm, you know, sitting here hoping that the Chargers draft a safety because some pretty good safeties were still plummeting down the draft board at this point, 
I didn't know how to feel about this pick because I see, you know, offensive tackle, obviously you get Rayshon Slater or Rashawn Slater in the first round. You feel good about that. Obviously, they still need some depth as well, but I went and watched this guy and I ended up liking what I saw a lot. And just to give you a background for him, he's a little bit undersized at six foot five or around there and 298 pounds. You definitely want a little bit more than that, you know, more junk in the trunk for your offensive lineman for sure. But the other thing was is he tested athletically off the charts. I mean, at least the 84th percentile or better in the shuttle three cone, broad jump and vertical. The biggest knock on this guy, at least physically, is the short arm. So that kind of gives you a snapshot of what he is physically. David, when you ended up watching this guy, because this is a guy that neither of us had watched going into the draft, admittedly, what did you like and not like from his tape? First of all, the first thing that stood out to me was the good strong anchor. I mean, I think he is pretty strong for being a little bit undersized. I, I like that he's able to, you know, stop guys from walking him backwards. I think he has decent hands. Uh, you know, his hands are pretty strong for the most part. He definitely brings some versatility. He played uh, tackle, um, but with those short arms, I think in the NFL, he might find his home more at guard. Um, I like that he is able to get out in space, but he's not the most uh, accurate when he does. I mean, he can get there, and his athleticism is definitely uh, it, it's on display when he gets out there, but I think he rushes himself a little bit, and also he doesn't really find the guy that he's trying to block. He, he needs to be a little bit more accurate with that. He's a good developmental piece, um, but I, I think you just look at him overall, and I think you like what he brings to the table. I mean, he's going to be a quality depth piece that can come in and play tackle for you, and I think can also play guard once he gets a little more coaching at the next level. Yeah, and Brandon Staley was asked about where he was going to play for them, and he said it was going to be a little bit of both. He said he could you know, be like a swing tackle, but they're also interested in what he could do at guard as well. And the only thing with me at guard is he doesn't get a ton of push in the running game. He's not a bulldozing, run-blocking run player. He's just not one of those physically overwhelming type of guys, so I wonder about the push on the interior, but... I was really, really impressed by this guy's pass protection skills. I mean, super smooth, has the anchor, never really get most guys get anywhere close to his quarterback. And I just thought that was, especially, you know, for the the lack of arm length, I thought he did such a good job of staying patient in those situations, running guys around the pocket when he had to, taking the bull rushers when he had to, and being able to, you know, stand up to them. That was the most impressive part of his game to me. But yeah, I mean, the downside is, just didn't stick to blocks enough in the running game. I mean, yes. his run blocking was mostly just leverage and body positioning. But a lot of the time, whether it's awareness about where the ball is and guys being able to kind of slip away from him or whatever the case was, grip strength, something like that. I mean, he just didn't stick to blocks enough. And it wasn't an effort thing. I mean, he has a good motor. It wasn't from lack of trying, but that's just something he's going to have to clean up because... Yeah, gotta, he's got to lock on, man. He's got to lock on to these defenders so they don't get away. I mean, too often I saw the guy that he was supposed to block get off his block and go get the ball carrier. So that's the biggest thing he needs to correct at the NFL level. Yeah, but I think the other thing, too, just because, yeah, at the NFL level, if your guy gets away from you and then goes and makes a tackle, that's not a good grade, right? You're not no. going to get praise for that when you end up coming in on Monday and having to watch film. and. Just for anyone who you know hasn't played football, film sessions are terrifying. Like going in and having someone like critique everything that you do um, from the game before, especially if you didn't have a great game. And depending on who your coaches can be terrifying, but not there, fun. Yeah, there were some 
some teachable moments there, but I think the other big, big plus here has to be the durability. I mean, he did have oh, yeah. a couple of little things that he said he played through in college, right? He never had to miss a game from it. Ended up having to burn his red shirt his freshman year and ended up starting nine games as a 19-year-old. Never gave up the spot after that, right? So Love it. He ended up starting 40 consecutive games, a record for Nebraska, and something that when you have the injury history like the Chargers have, to see a guy that's been that durable I think had to be you know very high on their list of why they wanted to bring this guy in. Brandon Staley said both of their coaches had really good grades on him as far as value goes. I thought he would be more of a fourth-round pick you know, just based on where other people thought he was going to go. But the Chargers ended up getting him in the fifth round. And you need an interior line and tackle help. You get a little bit of both with this pick. So I liked the value. I liked the player that they ended up getting. I can definitely see why they feel like he's a good depth piece. So let's get into the fit because obviously, David, the Chargers have five starters, right? So, I mean, you could make an argument, okay, well, why are we drafting another offensive tackle when we have, you know, Trey Pipkins and we have Storm Norton, you know, and we have all these <laughs> other things, but... I think as far as the fit goes for this team, yeah, he might not be that guy you're going to bring in in goal line packages to get a big push, but bringing in more talent to that room, planning for the future of that room, I thought was a really smart move. I agree. I mean, I think we went into the draft saying that they could double up at a couple of positions, right? We saw that there's potential they get a a couple corners or a couple of DBs, however you want to look at it, and also get a couple of offensive linemen, right? One early and one a little bit later, and that's what they decided to do. So I do. I I like the fit with this pick. Um, I think there was really good value. I think there's tools to work with that you can see a guy here that's adding to an offensive line group where – I don't think you can really identify who the backup guards are. Do you know who the backup guards are right now? I don't. I'll tell you that I right mean, now. Right now, so, it looks like Tyree St. Louis is one, and I didn't really like what we saw when he was on the field last year. At all, which is why the Chargers needed to double up. So adding a guy who has versatility, who has some good tape, um, and is coming from um, one of those colleges where you're just corn-fed, and you have that durability mm-hmm. you bring into the table – I just love it. I love I love everything about it. The fit is perfect with the Chargers. They needed to add another offensive lineman later in the draft. They do that, and I like the value. I think it's a great pick. And I think he fits, you know, what they want to do because, yeah, if you're in a straight-up man-blocking power running scheme, he might not fit as well because he's not going to be the guy that's, you know, on the Ravens just trying to drive guys back a couple of yards to just, you know, continue to – just batter you over and over again. He's not that type of dude. But if you're talking about like a zone blocking scheme, a guy that's athletic enough to get on the move, you know, laterally, because he did have pretty good lateral movement. I think he fits that, right? Because when you're doing a zone blocking scheme, you don't necessarily have to blow guys off the line of scrimmage. The biggest thing was if you're going to do that, you have to stretch that block all the way down the field. And that's just not something we saw from him. But they see how he kind of fits in. And for a fifth-round pick to get a guy that you feel good about being a backup who could potentially, you know, fill in for you if there are injuries down the road, thought it was a really, really good pick for the Chargers. Good value, good player, durable, all the things you really want, you know. So I really liked the Brendan Hamus pick. I just thought that that was a really good, solid selection to fill out on day three and really help your roster and playing for the future as well. And we saw a couple times in this draft, even with Josh Palmer, right? You're not 
getting immediate needs, but you're planning for the future because after next year, the roster could look a lot of different. Now you have a couple of guys in the bank that you think that could be contributor that you think could be contributors down the road. So I thought that was one interesting part of this draft process for the Chargers. But we do have three more Chargers draft picks that we haven't got to talk about. So on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about Iowa linebacker Nick Neiman. We'll also talk about the Chargers' new running back in a crowded running back room in Larry Roundtree the third and what he brings to the table that maybe the other running backs don't. And then we'll also get into the Chargers' last pick, you know, their nickel slash safety Mark Webb from Georgia and talk about what they think he could bring to the table. But until then, make sure you go follow us on all social media. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, and you can also give us a follow on our new Instagram page, which the handle is LockedOnChargers. You can also find the show and subscribe or follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Those are the easiest and best places to get the show. And if you like the show, please make sure to rate and review as well. We would always really appreciate that. And it helps us be able to bring you six draft shows in one week. And we really appreciate all the support that you guys have shown us on social media this week. All the love that you've given us, you know, to us just by downloading and listening to the podcast. It was a crazy draft season. We're con- and we're excited to continue breaking down all of these picks for you. If you guys want to get your reactions in, we already have some reactions to the draft, but none, not a lot from after the entire draft. If you want to give us your draft grades for the Chargers, you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. But Make sure to check back in with us tomorrow when we get into the Chargers' 6th and 7th round picks. But until then, take it easy and go Bulls.